talks throughout the message. But the title of today's message is rather long, but listen closely. It's sifting out the leaven and the shaking of all things. Sifting out the leaven and the shaking of all things. And let's pray before we start this morning. Father, I thank you once again for the great and awesome privilege of standing behind this desk to preach your holy word. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon me and rise up within me, that it would be a blessed word that comes forth from your holy word today. And exactly what you want accomplished will be done here in this house and by the internet for all who listen today and in the days ahead. And I ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. So this morning, to start out with, we're going to look at um, Galatians 5.9. It's not very long, but it sets the precedence for the word. And that scripture reads like this. It says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And, of course, we've said this many times in the past for ladies and some people, men, that like to bake. If you put uh, uh, yeast in, in the dough, it leavens the whole lump, amen? So that's what we're talking about on a spiritual side here. Whatever leaven you're putting into, the, into that lump is it's going to affect the whole thing. But we need to get the leaven out that's not of the Lord, amen? Hallelujah. And then over in Haggai, uh, chapter 2, verses 6 through 9, it reads as such. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. That's speaking of Jesus. The desire of all nations is Jesus. And I will fill this temple with glory. See, he's promising a filling of the temple with glory. Your temple and the house of God, amen. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. That's a great promise. This morning, friends, amen. That's a great promise to us today. And as always, Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. So what I just read, what was written even before Christ came on the scene, is as valid as today as it was then. This is the word of God that shall never fail and never fade away. Can I get an amen this morning? So whatever the enemy intends for evil, God intends for good. Amen. So what is God doing right now? What's happening out here and in the churches and in people's lives and in the nations? Well, I believe myself and as others do, I'm sure even in this house this morning, that it's a time for purifying and refocusing. We've been hearing about all of this for a long time from this voice, 
from Pastor John, from prophetic words, uh, other places that are speaking into these things, is that there is a time of purifying, a time of holiness, a time of repentance, a time of coming unto the Lord, amen? Coming unto the Lord and laying it all down. We sang about it. It was prophesied again this morning. That is what the Lord is looking to do with us as church. But how many church leaders have really been faithful to what the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2? He said this very thing, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This should be our number one goal in this life, amen? Nothing more or nothing less than Christ and Him crucified. If we don't know that, we don't know nothing, do we? We miss it all. We can have all of this. We can gain the entire world and yet lose our soul because we did not know the power and the victory of Christ's cross. For many years now, how many people have only heard motivational messages to help people affirm themselves as opposed to preaching the cross and the blood, repentance and cleansing that leads to healing, holiness, and transformation. Think about it. We all know the answer. The answer, of course, is countless millions of people hear that week in and week out and have heard it for years. How many have listened to compromised biblical morality and a large lack for purity in Jesus Christ coming from many pulpits around this nation? The question again, of course, the answer again is millions upon millions of people. How many so-called prophetic voices have really missed it because it was them and not God. Well, if we'll all be honest, again, it's many. Many have not spoken the words of God. They've spoken the words of themselves. How many prophetic voices have devoted themselves to giving just positive personal words? Well, some of us in this room know all about that. We know about that. Very well. You know, there is absolutely nothing in the Bible. If you can find it, show it to me. But I believe I'm 100% correct that there is no model of any sort in the scriptures that talk about lining people up and prophesying over people. A true prophet of God is a preacher of righteousness, just as John the Baptist was, which I declared earlier today that Jesus declared was the greatest prophet of them all. He was a solid, powerful, prophetic voice, as were the Old Testament prophets, who, if they didn't get it right, they were killed. They were stoned, amen? Now, it's a little different in the New Testament, but still, we don't want to have a little bit of accuracy and a lot of not, no accuracy. We want to hear from the Lord, amen? We don't want to stop prophetic voices, but we want to hear from the Lord. So for me, you, any of us, if we feel like we have a prophetic word from the Lord, we really need to examine it and make sure it's really him. Would you agree with me? We don't want to release bad stuff. So how many have listened to compromised biblical morality and a large lack for purity in Jesus 
coming from many pulpits around this nation? Of course, the answer is millions and millions. But God is using this time that we are in right now to validate and lift up those who truly reflect him and to strive to do what's right biblically. So everything that came out this morning, those songs, those, those words, those exhortations, was exactly in line with that. He's, he's trying to lift up, he's trying to validate those that will truly reflect him and his word and his kingdom. Can I get an amen? He's not looking to make us look good and make, make us become idols before the people, which is so easy to do. People can idolize people so easily. But it's about validating the churches and the people and the leaders that are lifting him up and lifting up that which he wants lifted up. And so right now, there are being exposed others for not reflecting him and his nature and character. So as he's lifting some, others are being taken down. And so there's a sifting taking place right now by God himself. The church model that so many have become so simply used to will not work or help anyone in this hour of history. Folks, this is new ground, new territory. We're on a new frontier. We've never passed this way before. We have to know the mind of the Lord. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have to come to him so that he can fill us with his kingdom and with his power. Can I get an amen? Anything less is not going to work. Anything less is not going to work. The sifting will remove the leaven and allow the pure, clean flour to come forth uncompromised. How many of you ladies still have a flour sifter? When you put that in there, you shake it, amen? You shake it, sometimes lightly, maybe, maybe quite violently. And what comes through is the pure flour that you can use, and the lumps and the bad stuff stay in that sifter. It's exactly how God is doing things right now with us and the church and the world. God is in control. The devil is not in control. Amen? God is in control. Hallelujah. So the sifting will remove the leaven. And I believe the truly hungry and passionate people of God will be shown where they can find a church where God is truly honored and moving by his spirit. We've got to remember there's a lot of people out here in this city even, in this region, around the United States that are just desperate for a place to go to church, desperate for the truth. But there's nothing around them. There's nowhere to go. But I believe that God has shown me that he's going to start showing people a place like this and other places where the cross is preached, where the blood is preached, where we're repenting unto God and getting right and getting purified and being sifted and shaken out before the Lord in these last days where they can come and find a home and join with a group of people that are what we would refer to as a last day's remnant. Amen. The last day's remnant of the Lord. I believe that he's doing that and there's going to be people coming here soon 
Just keep your eyes open and watch each week. God must be allowed to be God, amen, where he is free to move and where he is given the time to do so. Now this morning, for example, we had uh, 55 minutes of worship, which is probably a half hour longer than normal, and I could have kept right on going, amen. We could have gone for hours, and I think those times are coming. Joan and I were briefly talking about it recently. We've got some ideas, and we'll see what happens as the Lord leads us and so forth. But where the worship is pure and holy, where the meat of the word is preached and taught, no watered-down preaching anymore. I said it a couple of weeks ago. Let there be no more watered-down preaching ever from this pulpit. Let there be the full counsel of God that comes forth from this pulpit. Let us grow in God even if it hurts sometimes. Even if it makes us squirm a little bit. Amen. Let the Lord be the Lord and let Him have His way in our lives. Hallelujah. Increasingly in this hour, we will see the genuine revealed and the compromise exposed. And in other words, again, the leaven will come out through the shaking that's taking place. But let's revisit now a message I preached about one month ago. If I remember correctly, it was called uh, Jesus, the Searcher of Men's Hearts. You can go back and watch that if you've missed it or watch it again because I'm going to be referring to some of that again here right now. And I spoke about this, and in there I was speaking of three of the seven churches in Revelation that Jesus told John to write it all down. We will take it a little bit farther today, though, and I think this will be a great explanation of some things for us here. These were the seven real churches who also were in a great time of sifting out of the leaven. There was a lot of leaven in those churches. That's why Jesus was speaking to John to write it down, what he saw about those churches. And five of the churches the Lord was not happy with. Trust me, there's a lot of churches today he's not happy with. And that's where we'll leave that. Number one, the church at Ephesus. They had become so religious in their concern for proper doctrine and rejecting false doctrine that they had forgotten how to love. You get so zeroed in on certain things, you forget about how to love God, how to love people. And so Jesus said, what, the two of the greatest commands, the two of the greatest commandments are to love God and to love one another, amen? If you lose that, what do you have? If you lose your love for God, you lose your love for your brothers and sisters. It's really kind of a, an empty mess. But Jesus warned them that if they didn't correct this, he would remove what? Their lampstand, meaning that he would remove them from his presence as a church. So he can be doing a lot of things right, but if you do those things wrong, he was mad about that. And he warned them, if you keep doing it, if you don't repent, I'm going to remove your lampstand. Let it not be so here, amen. Let us always be in love with God and in love with one another. Maybe at the end of the service today, we'll all stand up and face each other and go, I love you. 
I'm just kidding, but I mean there's some reality to that, amen? Now, the second church was Pergamon. They tolerated the teaching of the Nicolaitans. This was really an ancient version of what we call today cheap grace. They said morality could be compromised without penalty because grace covered it. In other words, have a good time, everybody. Go and do what you want. Have a good time. That's really what they were saying. And God said he hated this teaching. He said, I hate it. He said if they didn't repent, he would make war. <laughs> Listen to this. He would make war against them with the sword of his mouth. Wow. That's Revelations 2.16. And folks, he still hates it. He still hates it today. Too much of that cheap grace, doing whatever you think you can do and just get away with it and be covered. No way. Too many churches have gone this route today, and the Lord is sifting them out. There's a sifting and a shaking taking place. Thyatira, they tolerated immorality. It was being fed into the church by a spirit of false prophecy by who? Jezebel. Feeding it into the church. And it was all, all immorality. False prophecy, and I think we can all agree with this, seems to always sound so good and spiritual. You can take something that's totally not God and dress it up with a few words here and a few words there and make it sound, oh, wasn't that powerful? Wasn't that something? And have that be nothing to do with God. And that's what was happening there. But in the same way that not all that glitters is gold, not all that is spiritual is God. Amen? Not all that glitters is gold, and not all that is spiritual is God. Let that sink in this morning a little bit. So the Lord said in Revelations 2.22, I will throw her on a bed of sickness, and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation until what? They repent of their deeds. You think the Lord might be speaking those things again today. We hear it over and over again. Repent. Draw near. Come near. Lay it all down. Read my word. Pray, pray, pray. Worship, worship, worship. Hallelujah. It's the same today. He's sifting and he's shaking. God is going to use this season to discipline those that compromise his word, make no doubt about it. God chastises and even scourges, the Bible says, ones that he loves. If we're his, he's going to chastise us. He's going to bless us, but he's going to correct us when there needs to be correction. Can I get an amen? We've got to be open to being corrected by the Lord and not have a tizzy over it. Amen? Okay, now the church of Sardis. They were in trouble as well, even though they had a reputation for being alive and full of activity. How much do we see that today? Churches that have so many activities going on, you would never have to leave. You could just put a bed there and live there and have activities 24-7. And that was they were doing. But their passion had died. And we see that a lot, a lot of activity, but very shallow faith today. 
really don't know much about the cross, don't talk about the cross, don't talk about the blood, don't talk about repentance, just have a good time. There's a lot of activity going on. Let's party, welcome home type of thing, you know. But that is exactly, again, one of the churches that the Lord had a problem with. He said this, if they didn't repent and revive their fire, he would come in a way that they would not like. Look out, that's a warning, amen. Revive your fire. Folks, I don't know about you. Do you have any fire in you? Do you have a fire for the Lord in you? You don't may have, doesn't mean you have to be jumping up and down and being pulled off the ceiling. Maybe that is for some of us that way. But do you have a fire in you? Do you have a passion in you for Jesus? Is he number one in you? Or is he 13th? Is he 11th or 7th? Is he just part of your life, even though that would be good, because some have no Jesus in their life, but he's saying, I want passion. I want fire in my church. I want people to love me and seek me first and foremost. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah. So he said, repent and revive your fire. Now we come to Laodicea. They were just lukewarm, like a lot of churches and Christians today. I think we can all say we've maybe once in a while maybe have slipped into that. We know places like that, but we certainly don't want to be like that anymore, amen. you got to be hot, hot, or cold, cold. Hallelujah. And what that is is people and churches that lack passion for the Lord. Jesus said in Revelations 3.16, So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will what? Vomit you out of my mouth. That's not a very pleasant thought. And that's what the Lord uses as an explanation. So out of these seven churches, I'm going to sit down here. Out of these seven churches, only Smyrna and Philadelphia pleased the Lord. Only those two churches received what his blessing they stood and they maintained their passion their devotion and they maintained their love in the face of real persecution folks do you feel persecuted if you don't yet it's coming do you feel like you're living in darkness if not it's there and it's coming thicker but if we walk with the Lord, if we do these very things, if we maintain our passion and our devotion and we come unto the Lord so that he can build his kingdom in us, we can face any situation that any day throws at us. Can I get an amen? Because he is the one that's going to bring us through. We can't get through on our own strength. We'd all be cuddled up in the fetal position behind my car. In reality, because we're we're fearful, we're 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 sheep that are lost without the shepherd. Amen. Hallelujah. So these churches in our example, these ones right here, the Philadelphia and Smyrna, the Lord wasn't ple wasn't pleased with five, but the two that He was pleased with, they received His blessing. He's shown us how to receive the blessing. 
He's shown us what to do to receive the blessing. These churches really existed also in an area which we now call the nation of Turkey. So if you look on a map and you see Turkey, that's where all of these churches really did exist at the time of the, of the revelation of Jesus Christ that was given to John. Now those churches and a number of their leaders were sifted out by the Lord in a time of stress. Folks, we're in a time of stress right now too also, amen? And I believe the Lord is doing the same thing now in this critical time to sift us out in similar ways. In other words, to shake all that can be shaken in this hour. First of all and foremost, personally and then corporately in his church. This is where we pray and we continue to pray for personal revival and renewal. And then we pray for the transforming power and the awakening power and the movement power of the Holy Spirit to hit outside these four walls. Renewal and revival is for the believer and for the church. The movement of the Holy Spirit, the awakening is for out there, which must come from a revived church. Can I get an amen? Your and my job is to be revived. Your and my job is to be renewed and restored and redeemed once again if necessary. Amen? But I believe that's what he's doing. So where love has failed, where has the religious spirit taken root? Where are these things around us? Where is the holiness compromised and justified in an easy, greasy, grace-type doctrine? We don't want to have anything to do with it. Where have false prophets and false revival leaders been tolerated? Answer, many, many places. They're tolerated. Where, when, where we should really be at a point now in this hour and in the depth of understanding the Word of God better and better all the time that we should have no fear and stand up and saying that is not of the Lord. That is not a word from the Lord. That is false doctrine what you're teaching. That is false doctrine what you're saying. And I rebuke it in Jesus' name. That's what we really should be doing and have confidence in doing it. And maybe it will affect that person in such a way that they'll turn and repent. Amen. If you get angry and run away, that's not the answer. But if you get on your knees and repent and you turn to God, everything will change. Amen. Hallelujah for any one of us. So God told a very discouraged Elijah, you all know this story, who had felt he failed the people in his calling to restore the people to pure devotion to God. You know the story. He ran away. Jezebel's chasing him. And his call was to restore the people. And he worked hard at it, but it didn't happen. Sometimes, in all honesty, I feel like Elijah. It's like, am I failing in restoring the people? Am I failing in restoring the church? In reality, no, of course I'm not. Because I'm doing what God told me to do. I, I'm, I can't make the results happen anyway. It's the Spirit of God that makes it happen. Anyway, 
But, you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm human. Sometimes it can be discouraging, you know. But praise God, I'm pressing on for the mark of the whole high calling in Christ Jesus. Are you with me, Rebecca? Hallelujah. I hope so. Otherwise, it's going to be a rough journey. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> we got a little bit more to go here. But God told Elijah, and folks, get this into your heart this morning too. This really helped me a lot. But God told Elijah that he had yet reserved unto himself 7,000 who would not bow the knee to Baal. Hallelujah. So he let Elijah know, you're not alone. I've got 7,000 that I've reserved to walk with you in this hour. So revival in the last day outpouring will begin what, folks, with the remnant, you and I and others like us, who bear the passion and not be like the five churches who the Lord warned and rebuked. If we get caught in that, we're on the wrong road. We're on the wide path leading to destruction. We've got to get on the straight and narrow and get through that gate by following Jesus and his word and his narrative for these last days. In this remnant, the foundation is now being laid to bear the glory of God. Do you hear me, ladies and gentlemen? It's now being laid, the foundation, in you and me and churches like this all around the nation and the world. The foundation is being laid. He has 7,000 that yet have not bowed the knee to Baal. There are more like us. There are more like us out there. There are more that are hearing the word of God spoken even today that's coming forth like this in power and in glory. Amen. Hallelujah. But hallelujah. And in this remnant, the foundation is now being laid to bear the glory of God to come and the power and the glory and the anointing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's coming again. It's coming again. It's coming again. Be careful. Don't get too excited. You're scaring me out there. Hallelujah. But it is coming again. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's what he is trying to do right here today and every week. The devil will fail in his efforts to silence the true body of Christ. God is bringing us through the sifting to be a people of power and love and devotion to him. Can I get an amen? That's what he's bringing us through. From this remnant will flow true signs and wonders and love and godly wisdom will come forth from the scriptures and from the Holy Spirit. All of this, though, is again going to require what? Prayer for it to happen. We can't get by a week here without talking about prayer because it's a great big part of our Christian life, amen? If you're not praying, I encourage you to get praying. If you're praying, pray more. If you're praying a lot, try to even pray more. And make your evenings when you're home or your mornings when you're home, whatever the case may be, a time of prayer closet, devotion time with the Lord. And pray and watch as we see the narrative for the last days. Again, pray, discern, and watch. Watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. This, friends, is a crucial, vital season for devoted, consistent, 
dedicated prayer. Again, we are the house of God. Which house is the devil trying to break into? He's trying to break into you and me. If he can get us not to pray, get us not to read the word, get us not to come to church, his victory, not ours. Not God's victory, not ours, but his. Make sure you do everything you can to pray and read and get to church as often as you possibly can, especially, as Hebrews said, you see the day approaching. I don't know about you, but it's here. It's no longer approaching. It's here. A move of God's Spirit is coming. We need to stop listening to the voices that tell us somehow we lose this fight in this gathering darkness. Folks, we're not going to lose We're going to go through some stuff. We're going through some stuff now. But I assure you uh, on the word of God, as the preacher of God, that we're not going to lose. We're going to win. Amen. We win. We win. We win. Hallelujah. We need to get ready and continue to prepare for our own personal revival and an outpouring of God's spirit. Keep, Keep on the firing line, friends. Keep on the front lines. Fire away every day. Revival, renewal, prayer. Read the word. Power and glory. Fill me, Lord. Hallelujah. And remember, we win in this battle. Now, that's the end of my message, but I want to share something. Joan, if you want to come back up and get ready to play, leave it going. Um, I don't know everything involved with this. But what I do know, I am excited about it. Maybe maybe you know what I'm talking about when I share it with you. Actually, Rebecca told me, and uh, it's exciting. But you know how even today, again, I prayed that we would have revival and renewal in here, but we need a movement out there. I've referred a few times that we need to see something happen again like the Jesus people movement. It took place outside the church walls, on the streets, in businesses, you name it. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people getting truly saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Pacific Ocean, and it spread everywhere. Many people... In fact, a lot of the saints of that day were even like us. In some ways, they they were getting more elderly. The church needed a boost. There needed to be new generation, new people coming in. And don't we need that again today? If the Lord tarries, we need new people, young people and older people. We need them all, but there needs to be a replenishing of God's church. And you and I can try till the cows come home, and we're not going to be able to do it. It's got to be a movement. It's got to be like that. So with that in mind, I've been praying that. Personally, I've been praying it here in the church for at least three, four weeks now. Now, Rebecca just informed me two days ago, and again, maybe some of you have seen this. If not, I think it's going to be exciting to you. But how many have ever heard of a young man by the name of Sean Fucht. He actually started out as a worship leader 
in the International House of Prayer in Kansas City many years ago. I'm assuming he's maybe, what, in his 40s, Rebecca? 30, late 30s, 40s. Sean Fuked. And unbeknown to me, he's been ministering on the beaches in California and beginning to see an influx of the young people coming again to the worship and to the call of the Lord. And now just last week, uh, after being in California for many weeks and a lot of this stuff starting up, he went up to Portland and up to Seattle where all this rioting is continuing to go on, which to me, folks, is a mystery. How can it continue to go on? unless it's being allowed to go on. Why aren't we stopping that? But that, well, for whatever reason, it's going on. But he wanted to get into Seattle and to get a permit for a park to hold a worship rally in the midst of all that. And this is, see, this is the darkness that we're fighting, just to watch and pray, watch and pray. The city of Seattle, even though they were allowing the, the rioting and the protesting, would not allow the gathering of a church gathering to use the park. I remember seeing something on Fox News about it, but I didn't put the two and two together until just two days ago now. But that was actually the Sean Fuked trying to get in there and hold a big gathering like they'd been doing in California. But now this is the kind of things that we need to see in these last days, which is the power of God and a move of the Spirit that supersedes anything we can think of our own wisdom. He got the idea from the Lord that, okay, they won't allow us to come in as a church group and worship, but they are allowing these people to protest. So what he did, he went before the city and said, we want to have a worship protest. And they gave him a, they gave him a permit. But they called it a worship protest, and so they let him alone because they were protesting by worshiping and praising the Lord. People are getting saved. Lots of people are getting saved. People are getting baptized, and people are coming out of the woodwork again like a movement. Yeah. So it's gone global. Now, they had great success, he did, and whoever is with him on this in Seattle in uh, Portland, but now he is in process of going to every city in the United States that had all these problems, and guess what? Tonight he's in Minneapolis. He's going to be at that big, uh, was it the Target or the Walmart? It's on Lake Street where, where they rioted, looted that, that big, uh, what was it, the Target or a a Walmart up there in the early days of the George Floyd 
situation. So even here in our region, they're going to have a worship protest to combat all this other stuff up there tonight. And then tomorrow night, they're headed to Kenosha, Wisconsin, and onward from there. But this is working. God's behind it. It's a movement. And people are getting saved. People... Thousands and thousands of people showing up and watching online. It might even be live tonight on, on Facebook, possibly. We, we'd have to look and find out. But see, God's getting us to pray about things. He's starting to say, now you watch, discern, and then pray. So all of a sudden, we're praying about revival and renewal in the church. We're praying for, Lord, we need another movement like the Jesus people movement, not exactly like it, but something to that nature that happens outside the church wall that just sweeps them in, you know. That's what's happening. So we're not doing what he's doing. He's not doing what we're doing. We can't turn him into an idol. We can't turn a preacher into an idol. We're just mere human beings being led of the Spirit of God. But we need to pray for that man. Sean Fuked. Do you have something, Mitty? Amen. Pray for him. Pray for him right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, see, talk about a missions ground, huh? They're already out there. They're already gathered, and all of a sudden, this other th situation's taking place, and a lot of them moved out of there and went over to the other place. Yeah. So... Father, we pray for this today. We pray for what we can do here in Northfield in our region. We pray for personal revival, renewal, and a sifting out and a shaking of all things that we would be able to come to you and that you can fill us with the kingdom and that it would be an overflow. That's another part of that word, that it would overflow out from us to out here. And then that word we had a little while ago about the, the Ezekiel 47 river flowing out from this pulpit and getting deeper and wider as it went. And we don't want to live strictly on prophetic words, but if they're of God, we need to adhere them. Amen. But there is a river that is teeming with life, and all who touch it can be revived. It's the river of God. Amen. So, Father, we pray for what we can do here, what we can do between ourselves and you, what we can do corporately here in this church and in this region. And we pray for Sean Fuke and whoever and all that are involved with him, that you would protect him, that you would help him in every way possible to continue to do what he's doing, that a true movement of the Holy Spirit could and would take place and continue to grow and build across this nation. And even like we heard that a million point one Pakistanis were online 
and watched the whole thing, and many of them got saved. Lord, let it grow, let it grow, let it grow, let it keep growing. Let us grow, let us get filled to overflowing. Let us find out what it's really like to be filled with the kingdom of God and the power and the glory of God. Let us experience it, let us walk in it, and let us be used by you powerfully in these last days. I pray in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Joan, if you'd play Gentle Shepherd again this morning. Folks, it's good to have corporate.